What's up, Southwest Virginia? Welcome back to Season 2 of Beats, Brews, and Buddies. I'm your host, Travis Schmidt. This is... Jeremy Price. Today on our beat, or what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what it's like running Festival in the Park with our buddies, Skip Brown, sorry, I said ground, Skip Brown, CFO, Cody, is it Branham? Branham. Branham, who is president, and A.J. Garrett, VP and musical chair. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, seriously. So this is... Sort of a Festival in the Park roundtable. This episode's going to release right before Festival in the Park happens this year. Um, yeah, this is super exciting, not only for, uh, hopefully for you guys, but um, for us too. So, nice little roundtable. That's so. a great way to uh, uh, commence the chaos. Commence the chaos <laughs> that is that is called Festival in the Park. <laughs> That's fair. We'll get into that, I'm sure. So, Jeremy, what are we, what, what's our brew today? Well, let me turn on my flashlight and I'm going to read a little something to you. Uh, we're having a Cab Sav. It's a red wine. It's called Psyche. The sign of an advanced psyche is when someone can simultaneously hold two opposing viewpoints. It's kind of, if, if it's three opposing viewpoints, what's that? Schizophrenia? Yeah. 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 It's anyway, but an advanced psyche is when you can hold two. <clears throat> Driving the person to innovate, to bring new ideas together. Through this visionary process, we created Psyche. A collection of progressive wines to bring all the particular tastes together and spark cultured conversations. Ooh, cheers. Cheers. Uh, cheers to cultured conversations. Cheers. You guys clink right in front of the microphone. Yeah. And yeah. We're going to clink right in front of ours. You clink, you clink hard sometimes. I do. I do. All right. So, uh, Festival of Park is a community event offering live music in the, uh, a diversity of local vendors that has operated annually since its founding in 1968. As a qualifying 501c3 organization run by all volunteer board of directors, Festival in the Park owes its annual success to the generosity of local volunteers and the underlying support of the community. Undying. undying. Oh, it says undying. Well, it's a, this light in this, this new <laughs> room. It's, 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 it's a bit dark in here. Both would be right. Yes, un- underlying and undying support of this community. I mean, so many people have gotten their first stab at being on stage at this thing. My, st- I, I can't say it was my first stab, but I definitely appreciative because I've jumped on that stage when I was much well last year as well. But when I was very young, um, it was it was a opportunistic time for me. So it was one for me. So yeah. I played with uh, a group called Spectrum, and it was uh, a Christian rock group, and we were on the side stage. And that was first really one of the bigger stages locally I got to play. Um, that wasn't in a church for a Christian group, so that was really cool. So it, you know, and what is what is truly interesting is we have three or four stages. We have had people start on the solo acoustic stage, make it to the kids family stage, make it to the side stage, make it to the main stage, and three or four later years came back, one of them with a Nashville group Mm. as a guitar player. So we've seen this full cycle, and I've been there long enough that I have been able to watch audiences grow. And with some of the groups that we've had, we watched mom and dad come. Mom and dad would bring their young kids. The kids would grow up. Kids would show up, mom and dad, boyfriend, girlfriend. A couple, three years later, mom, dad, girlfriend, boyfriend, and they've gotten married and they've got kids. Yeah, yeah. And we have watched generations come and sit out there 
And it's it's really quite something. Is it 52 years? 53. 53. So this is year 53. This will be year 53. That's and I will tell you, we are the second oldest music and arts festival in the United States. Really? We are only beaten by the Philadelphia Folk Festival. I don't count them because they just do folk music. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we do everything, so. No, you do. And I mean. It is, it is great because when, when I'm on the phone talking to people, I say it's skip with Festival in the Park, and we don't need to explain it. Oh, that's great. After 53 years, they know who we are. Well, well, we, st we stand on the shoulders of giants, and undoubtedly, Travis and I are here doing this thing um, on, on the back end of that, for sure. That's definitely been a solid precursor to what we're doing here and trying to expose just how big the community is. Well, it is a bit of a, a community hub for music, too. I mean, that's how I met Travis, and mm -hmm. you know, I met you through Travis, and... Um, you know, we played our, my, my bands in different iterations on the side stage and worked ourselves up to the main stage. And, you know, that's, it, it is kind of, you know, it does seem, seem to work in tandem like that. We're both are good, um, I guess, precursors to other projects. Yeah, but it's a, it's just such an opportunity to play in front of a lot of people. And even if they're not just sitting around, you know, watching you, there, there are people around. And so, um, and they're all over the place. And there, there's actually always somebody paying attention. Correct. Yeah. And we know it because I'm usually backstage watching. So, and you've been on stage, so you can see the audience. The best place to watch a show is from behind it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. And with the Nationals, I run the National side of it. And I hang with the Nationals during the day. And it's hilarious to sit and watch them when the show is going on, when they turn around and talk to the drummer for instance, mm -hmm. <laughs> and what they're talking about, mm -hmm. because that's not for public consumption. That's for the band. It certainly yeah. isn't. Yeah. Public it, consumption. it most certainly isn't <laughs> as two drummers sit here. <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm not, dis I'm not, I'm not dropping on drummers. No, 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 we need no. To be sometimes I start those conversations. <laughs> yeah. You turn around and listen to me. <laughs> yeah. We've had four or five nationals that wanted a separate mic set on the stage that was not tied into the PA, but just to the ears. Mm. So they could literally walk to that mic and talk to the whole band. Mm. Four, four or five different bands I've seen that on. I believe that. So let's let's start off with, why don't you guys reintroduce yourselves and let's talk a little bit about who you are and what this valley is to you. Did you grow up here kind of ordeal? And then we'll hop right into um, okay. the Cody, festival part. Cody, you've been real quiet. Let's, yeah, let's start with Cody. Get, him, Cody. Yeah, Get Cody so. in here. My name's Cody Branham. Um, I actually moved up here when I was 13. I'm actually from Clintwood, Virginia, which is a big bluegrass area. We don't um, hold that against him. Don't hold that against <laughs> him. Um, but when I moved up here, music was my life, and I really love how this community brings it all together. No matter what genre it is, there is a community for everybody in the music family. Um, so I started off playing in punk bands and metal bands and just went around and just everybody came together. That's, that's how we do down here. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. It's, it's not like that very many places. And no, definitely not. Not at, not at, not, I, not at this level. Not at this no, level. No. So tell them right. tell them what you do for festival too. Oh, um, I handle logistics and I'm also president of festival. Okay. Um, I've been with festival since 2017. What is uh What does presidency mean to you? <laughs> Pretty much, um, if everybody passes away, I continue on with the reins. Okay. It all kind of falls on me, and then when I die, he takes over with it. 
Oh. Don't die. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. AJ Garrett. <laughs> and, and what what is logistics? Uh, logistics basically is how many tables do we need? Where do we need stuff? Where are we putting vendors? Um, stages. We're replacing stages, bouncy houses, power, oh, everything. everything. Where's power? Where's water? Where are we putting the portageons? All yep. the things that people don't think about. Yep. Where so not AJ? only where is it, but we also I'm out there moving stuff around, setting this up, breaking it down. Sometimes you know, two three a.m. after festival, we're yeah. still doing this. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. Yeah. So the guy that does. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a definitely going to be a few people listening to this that ha- haven't thought about just what goes into an event and especially something as big as this one it's a yeah. lot so this is a, your chance to tell your side yeah and please just a little bit and we are looking for volunteers if anybody wants to jump on the green <laughs> hey, <laughs> grab them yes uh so we're, we're releasing this on 516 so like hopefully you know you, you people hear this and still have even yeah. a, a week or and a half to to get get to you so i hope this touches somebody That'd be perfect. People don't think about it just as much and they can just jump onto it and then realize what they got into as they're doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. AJ? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your turn. Yeah, I got a little, little part-time gig here is the, uh, the the sweeper. Of the microphone? It. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm AJ Garrett. And <laughs> I'm, I'm AJ. Uh, yeah, that's me. And He's a staple here at Beats Brewers and Buddies. He most certainly is. He's our first second appearance. My, your first second appearance? Correct. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's but true. He, he did production one night as well. He that's has right. done production. Yeah. It's his first third appearance. I tend, to, I tend to haunt the podcast occasionally. We love so. it. We do. Um, I am the VP, uh, so Cody's wingman, and uh, uh, the music chair for Festival in the Park. So I um, help with just selecting um, the smaller acts. I let I leave the I leave the big fish to the to the wizard and. I handle uh, more or less the booking of, of local acts. So you're talent. the one that turned down my Britney Spears tribute band. Well, Ooh. you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, Ooh. your press kit wasn't complete. Oh, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So Did you, I turn it in late? Yeah, you just, you, <laughs> you, stage plot. you were missing oh, the stage picture. Plot. I missed my stage plot. <laughs> Are Sorry. you Britney? I am. I am. Yeah. And I play a Schmidt uh, Spears. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry, now we're off track. So, <laughs> so what is your music background? Uh, so I got started, I'm actually from Newcastle, uh, but I at 18 I moved over to Roanoke and got involved with various uh, punk bands in the area. And that's actually how I met Skip. Interestingly enough, the uh, the guy that was managing our group at the time, uh, we wanted to get an EP out, and he had mentioned, "Well, I, I know a guy that does a lot of recordings here in the area. You should go and have your um, get, get your band recorded by him." And so that's how we met Skip. And that was, you know, that was I, I think I might have been 19 or 20 at the time. I'm 30 now, so that shows you how long ago this was. <laughs> um, but uh, it was, you know, that was fun, and I learned a lot about music through <laughs> with his guidance and patience. And um, yeah, ever since then, I've just kind of graduated to uh, different groups. I've been in a uh, sort of rock, I guess, a rock band uh, called the Bureau now for about seven years. Um, but outside of that, I just got involved with festival through the time I spent with him in my youth, and I've just kind of done that ever since. So. Yeah, I, I rallied at uh, Mill Mountain Coffee. And I went in and loved his his energy. Yeah. And I said, I need coffee and breakfast food. Yes. Remember that? Yep. And I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> that part didn't work. Yeah. There but, we go. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, so the, the rest is history. And he's he's been dependable, always there. 
shows up when he's supposed to most of the time. Sufficiently sarcastic. Yeah. Sufficiently. But Sufficiently. It, it, it blends in perfectly with the three of us. Yeah. Mm. It really does. So. Yep. Well, he, you can catch him on stage with me uh, with a group called Midnight Ivy, and you can also catch him on here. Uh, he is episode four of Pete's Brews and Buddies, ladies and gentlemen. Flying saucers. Yeah. So. And have you got the, you got the time schedule with you? Time schedule? What time are you on? Oh, 5 o'clock. 5, 5 o'clock PM. Saturday. Yep. Um, on the main stage. On the right. main stage. Come hang out. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll have a lot of fun. And skip. Yeah. Well, my, my history, I didn't grow up in Virginia. I grew up 50 miles east of Manhattan. Uh, at 13, I picked up a guitar, and I would like humorously say the rest is history, but at 15, we were very tapped to record at Columbia Records in New York, and that truly was a mind-altering event for me that set the tone for the music part of my life, and uh, we, this is 1963, just oh. to give you an idea of how long ago it was. We showed up at uh, Columbia 7th Avenue coat and tie, because you always wore a coat and tie to the studio. Mm. The engineers had long white coats on. The producer was upstairs, second floor, looking down at us. The executive offices were second floor on the other side, looking down. We were in Studio A, recording where the CBS... Sounds like Area 51. Well, (laughs) it was was very much like Abbey Road Studio 2. Okay. And uh, down the hall, we, we were too young to drive in New York, so we had to be driven in. And my guitar player buddy's brother drove us in, and his mom told him, do not leave these boys alone in New York. So, of course, we got in the studio. He took two photos and disappeared. Yeah. Four and a half hours later, he came back, and we were just finishing up. And he took us down the hall and uh, opened the door, and we walked into Studio B. And we heard this horrible, and it was Bob Dylan doing his demo. Oh. <laughs> so, that was a really good Bob Dylan impression. That, that is, I, I was ruined, literally ruined at that point. And AJ commented about the studio. Uh, I learned how a studio is supposed to work. The floor man that was our floor engineer guy would pick up the phone and Mr. Massaro, Tio Massaro was our producer. And I went to the internet of the day, the library, <laughs> and looked up who the hell is Tio Massaro. And he produced Charlie Bird, a jazz nylon string bossa nova type player. And I thought, we got this guy who's a jazz, you know. So I asked the floor man, does he, I, I know he's a world famous producer, but he doesn't know anything about rock and roll. And he just looked at me and I knew, okay, wrong question. <laughs> Obviously the wrong question. He said, yeah, he manages and records a little band you may have heard of. And I said, oh, really? A band? I said, guys, he manages a band. Chicago. So, right away I learned, and back in 63, we've got a lot of equipment here. You've got equipment in your place. I've got a whole studio full of equipment. The console had 16 channels with no EQ because you didn't have EQ back then. Mm -hmm. You use mic proximity to shape the sound. And I watched them move the mic a quarter of an inch, turn the mic, move it back, lay it over, move it in, move it out. And I have the original two-inch, three-track tape. Wow. And I am still not sure I've duplicated it in 2023 Mm. with all the stuff that we have out there. 
That was just going to say, they just don't record like they used no, to. And no. I, I think there is a young man that we had on the show, Marshall Hicks, that yeah. uh, really tries hard to imitate yeah. that around here. Because um, I always watch him put microphones and different types of microphones on Facebook and what, what's he doing. And I think that's just really, really cool. So, man, that's awesome. And your studio is quite beautiful. Well, so, thank you. Jeremy, have you been it. to a studio? I haven't. Well, so, you so, need, you, we need to shoot a show down there. Oh, yeah, man, I'd love it. to. That'd be really cool. Yeah, we yeah, can do that. Yeah. That would be great. But so musically, I when I got to Virginia, uh, six years in the Marine Corps, got out, was transferred to Roanoke eventually, and found a music partner. And I the, the only time I hadn't played was when I was on active duty. Vietnam changed the world back in, in the late 60s. And I played with a, a guy in a duo, two acoustic guitars, two vocals, for 18 years, which is like legendary record. Yeah. And... We played, my first festival gig was 44 years ago, and we started on the solo acoustic stage as a duo, and then I proceeded to work and work all of the stages, and we're playing again this year, so this will be 45 years. Oh, Oh, super cool. What stage are you playing on? The main stage. Nice. What day? Sunday. Awesome. That's awesome. What's the band's name? The Sessions Band. It's all my session guys. So who's your partner? Uh, well, well, it's it, not that partner. That anymore. partner is long gone, but okay. uh, the the band is Randy Anders on drums, Millard Flora, who is our bass player, and Martin Scudder, who plays wicked violin. Okay. Electric violin. All, make it all sound local like boys? Anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, all of them have played forever. You know, Millard, Millard played with the Kings way back okay. in the day, early, early on. And uh, Randy's been my drummer for 35 years. Mm. He's in like five or six other bands, too. Yeah, he does. He does all my session work. And without regard to who we have in, we've had a bunch of Grammy people in, and he second chaired with Tony Coleman, who was B.B. King's drummer, and went out and did a whole bunch of gigs with him. And so, you know, accomplished drummer. Accomplished drummer. Get Randy for that drum roundtable, too. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah. All right, so you already answered the first question of how long Spouse was running, but let's talk about, uh, let's get into the nitty-gritty of it. What goes into running such a festival? So um, maybe, Cody, you can, you can shed a little bit of light on this. Okay. Such yeah. your logistics. It's definitely a year-round process. We start well in advance. Um, it starts with, you know, what is our main goal? What are we bringing in for the next year? What can we afford is another thing. For example, when COVID hit, it took a huge toll on us financially. So the band's normally seventy, eighty thousand dollars now going for four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars for them with us providing backline. Mm. So what can we afford too? So we have to go out, we first off hit up sponsors, what can we do to help you out as well as you help us out? And it's not always financially. Sometimes, you know, they can lend us a gator to move stuff around and we can give them a spot for something. So we always try to help out the community with that. Then we talk with a lot of local businesses as far as do you want a spot? What can we do to help you? Um, Do you want to, you know, how can we get you advertising, but you also help us as well? Um, That helps out a lot, especially with the bouncy houses, for example. Uh, It's a local guy who sets up with that as well. Um, And he's a musician, too. Oh, that's fantastic! So yeah. he gets a he gets a spot, and but he but you and you guys get bouncy houses for the kids. Yeah, we yeah. try to help everybody out. No, I think that's great. Yeah, and that that's the biggest thing is how can we give back to the community? Um, we always our main goal is giving back. 
So every year we try to figure out, last year, for example, we donated a full kit, drum kit, guitars, amp space, everything to Girls Rock. A full so, band. Yeah. All of full band. Band. Oh, very cool. So yeah. we never hmm. take the proceeds. We always start from zero and build up every year. Yeah. And just a footnote for history, uh, we have run the, the Festival in the Park Scholarship, and that is for secondary school students moving on post-high school and staying in dance, theater, music, or any of the graphic arts or any of the arts that we support at festivals. Yeah. And over the last 25 years, we have donated $128,000. That's beautiful. That's really awesome. Now, and uh, pick up on what Cody said. One of the objectives of festival and the underlying basis for the 501c3 is family-friendly and family-affordable. Can, can you explain the 501 uh 501c3. Yeah. 501c3 is part of the United States tax code where if you make a donation to us, you can write the donation off. Off, okay. And we are not taxed were we to make a profit. Okay. Now, we don't make a profit intentionally because we take the net revenue, what's left, and commit that to the scholarship, commit that to Girls Rock. Yeah. Or uh, even the next year, maybe? Like, oh, well, it, it, because we are a 12-month-of-the-year operation, Yeah, we don't get together in February and dream this up. No. And I am already planning 2024's Nationals. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you need to hear that. It, it is a year-round operation with just volunteers, not taking any cuts, what yeah. it sounds like. And so. uh, everybody on the board, myself included, nobody's paid. Yeah, and I think that's uh, it's it's a lot of time. Uh, and Huge amount it's of time. A whole lot of time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even begin to, to start even breaking down that. Do, I mean, just the logistics yeah. behind what you need. I mean, you think about the finances. You think about the insurance. You have to go through the full clause of what you can and cannot do legally. You've got a full list. Then you've got your permits for the city. What all do we need to get? For example, Friday we have to go through downtown and get the permits to make sure they don't ticket anybody who parks certain places um, yeah there's yeah. always the small things you don't think about mm. and we've thankfully we've gathered a, a list up to this point of what we need to do and what we don't but it's every year a learning curve too oh I, you know, I it's never ever been the same any two consecutive years that i've done it and this is well into the fourth decade I well rain this. rain wow. through throws a curveball i know at yes. times and i knew covid did because you guys went and did we you you went to fall. At- we canceled 2020 regular time. Okay. And we went to September with a half half festival. We crashed into Molly at first Fridays, and we actually moved it a day to keep from wrecking her because mm. we would have been right on top of her in Elmwood, and she would be out on Franklin. So <laughs> our objective is family-friendly, valley-friendly, Ticket pricing is one of the things that we has been one of the best things we've done and one of the worst things we've done. And I'd be totally candid. When I started, you could buy a festival button for a dollar, and that got you into everything. Uh-huh. And we would sell 30, 40, 50,000 buttons. And then everybody would just show up, and it would be a sometimes a train wreck. Yeah. We got a call. I had the Doobie Brothers. They, was, they were going to be the last stadium, Victory Stadium show. And, of course, it's May, so it rained and rained and rained. And anybody that remembers Victory Stadium, it had a little clump of grass over here, some lovely grass over here, and a lot of dirt. The city 
on Tuesday of Festival Friday. Now, just to so you understand the insanity of what we used to do, it used to be two weekends. Yeah. We would do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Friday we'd be at Victory Stadium. We'd pack it all up and move it to Elmwood, build it all up, do Saturday and Sunday, and then we did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that was a daytime activity in the park. And then Friday night, back to Victory Stadium and mm. built the whole stage up again, took it down. In the middle of the night, we all moved, and we did Saturday, Sunday, Memorial Day, Monday. That sounds awful. And we had 18 people on the board. We had about 60 volunteers on average, and we all killed ourselves. Yeah. <clears throat> so we cut it back to one weekend. But the objective has always been the ticket price would be what it cost for a family of four to go to the movies. Just let that sink in. Yeah. Movies are typically now about 11, 12 bucks. Right. So you're looking at. So we were 10 to $15 ticket prices where we've been for quite a while. The catch 22 is COVID hit. Everybody was down. We were not afforded PPP money. Mm. If you remember PPP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Payroll protection program. Yeah. None of us got paid. So yeah. we, we didn't qualify for PPP. We got a micro grant, which was enough to cover one day of rental for Elmwood Park. We used to rent Elmwood for 200 bucks a day. Yeah. The old Elmwood? The whole old Elmwood. This is the, the wooden stage. I the, love it. We love the wooden stage. Yeah, Me yeah. too. Me I, too. Now, I built a stage on top of that wooden platform, and yeah. then I put a roof on top of the roof that was there. Yeah. So production costs were through the moon. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, for 200 bucks a day, it, we could do it. We could keep our ticket prices at 5 bucks. COVID hit, as uh, Cody said, the bands, you know, you pick a band like 38 Special. 50 grand, bring in 38 Special. They're now 150. Mm -hmm. Our ticket prices are still 15. So we're we're... Not at a crossroads, but one of your questions on down there, what future insights? This is one of the big things that we're that I'm looking at. My job is the legal, the finances, the city, the government, the taxes, the permits, all of the stuff, and then sit backstage in my office and ensure that we have guardrails up because you cannot change it once it starts. Yeah. It happens. Festival happens. And any major event happens in spite of itself. Mm. So the job that the board takes on is, we're on the radio, I need a table at so-and-so. Cody, you got a table? Yeah, Cody goes and puts a table up. Okay, somebody just took the so-and-so, and where is the such-and-such? And do we have a backup? Yes. Can we get somebody to do it? Yeah. We need ice at stage three. You know, it's it becomes guardrails, and then all of a sudden when something crashes into the wall, we have to have a semblance of a plan to fix it but 53 years later we've obviously done a good enough job long enough and to, so tickets this year are still 15 dollars. yep okay i just wanted to repeat that for the audience so yep. and and we have to be we have to be slick with that too you know this is uh, oh sorry yes i got you um that that is kind of one of the difficulties post covid is how do we still make this work in a traditional way that the community is accustomed to while also you know financially 
making our way through. Again, you know, it's we're not a for-profit organization, so we have to get very creative and uh, rely on the good graces of uh, institutions and people. And uh, like he said, it's very different every year, not just how the festival goes the weekend that it happens, but everything that we have to do throughout the year to make sure that it happens. Because we have to pay for everything yeah. before it happens. Yeah. Which makes sense as far as like the stage and uh, I don't know if stage sounds provides their sound for free, but um, oh, you, no. yeah. So I doubt that it would happen. You know, I'm sure, and I'm sure Reed gives you hopefully a deal. Well, we, we're one of his longest customers, and we yeah. we do get some of the best prices, but we also provide a stage crew, stage management. Yeah. We don't leave it to them to, to do. figure out yeah. the weekend. So, AJ, I'm, I'm curious uh, to, to chat a little bit uh, with you about um, the picking and the choosing of music over the over the years. How long have you been doing this again, just with festival? Uh, I started in 2016. So, I mean, that's again, that's where I met you on stage. You were literally our stage manager mm -hmm. for the day uh, with House of Schmidt. I was mean, wasn't I? You were a sweetheart. Get your drum kit set up. What I tell you about a stage pumpkin? Uh, so talk, talk about that process. Um, what would you like to see different? Picking bands? Can yeah. They, can they tune? Can they tune? That's a big one. We're actually going to add that as a checkbox to the application. <laughs> oh, can you tune? If you're the bass player, can you tune more than your bottom two string? No, no. Like what? I, what would I want to see about <laughs> that? man of here picking fights? That that there was a bass player of mine from back. That happened. That's that's real. He I has believe a sticker in his studio due to that. Yeah, yeah. It was a traumatic experience, and uh, I'll never live it down. But um, <laughs> what is a, what was the question you wanted? I talk about. Just getting booking. bands and like booking. Yeah, yeah. You know, what do so you look for? What do I look for in a band? Well, blue eyes, blonde hair. No, um, <laughs> we we get <laughs> we get many many applications in uh, uh, every year. Uh, the main thing that I look for, and this is going to sound smarmy, but I'm kind of smarmy. A uh, complete one, like a complete application, like nothing's missing. Uh, that that immediately really helps me kind of dial in on on which groups are serious about. Okay, playing. so let's let's talk about. How critical that is, and what percentage of bands? You mean just following directions? You're talking submit about it. an application with no photo or no music. Oh, they because they don't look good. Fifty percent. Fifty percent. It's probably higher. Truth. Probably higher really? than that. Yeah. So. So you you were referring to complete application, not complete band. Uh, well, the ba the band can be you know of the any band can size. be a duo or yeah, singer. It okay, could be okay. anything, but one, but yeah, an yeah. application just including all of the information that I need. I can't book you if I don't know what you look like or what you sound like. Yeah. And you're scheduling all the stages. Uh, yes, up until I so I do all the programming up until the evening when the nationals take um, take the stage, and then I leave that to this this uh, gentleman right the here. The wizard, as you yeah, call the him. wizard in much better hands than my own. But uh, but yeah, no, you know that's um a, a lot of bands that go up and play. You know, it, it, it's it's a similar sort of formula that we have uh, or that you have on the podcast. We third host, you hear me? You see, I'm putting the seeds in now. Um, <laughs> he's got it. He needs his own mic, is what he said. Yeah, yeah, he's got one. Seat at the table, you know. Um, a lot of the bands that go up, you know, these are in the beginning. I was pulling applications of folks that I didn't know, but after having done this for a few years and cycled people in and out, I've gotten to know a lot of the local acts. And so, I don't think there's a single group that's playing on the sta on the stages this year that I don't know in some way, mm -hmm. shape, or form, which really, really helps. Kind of, you know, and they have a friend next year who wants to play. Oh, well, you know the guy that does it. Tell him to send in an application and finish it. 
<laughs> so, and I mean, we've got co- we've got applications back to 2012. Yes. Okay. So yeah, we were. We've everything. got stats for everybody way back. Well, I'll tell you, as somebody who has felt uh, filled that out, it it will keep it in the system, and all you have to do is just update it. So, which is really nice. Say that again. I said, (laughs) as somebody who has filled it out, it will keep it in the system, and all I had to do was re-update it. So, Exactly. There uh, are rumors that that is not the case, and it is simply not true. For people who want to play and and feel like they don't get the shot or they don't get the chance. You know, it's interesting. We've had had just a little bit of that, and, you know, anytime, you know, I'll see on social media, well, I, you know, I applied, and I didn't get on, and I'll... I, you know, I, well, I, you know, I'm the guy that looks for you, and I don't see you in there, so no, you didn't. <laughs> and, right. uh, yeah. You know, so but we retain everything, and even if we don't use an act one year, we still keep the applications on file. And if mm-hmm. I think that person's a good fit for the following year, I'll reach out. Do you and and I'll, I'll tell you one thing: it's a rare year to year when a band comes back and it's not; it's a different band. It's rare that the same lineup comes back. In terms of the band itself, the band itself. Oh, we got a new oh. drummer. We got a new bass player. We got okay. a new keyboard guy. Oh, interesting. okay. So, so well, that's I mean the application when you go. If you hit the, I'm wanting to update. Be sure you update new photo, new music. Please do not send us the same music, and heaven help you, if one of the things that Alan and I both do is we try to have an ebb and flow for the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more higher energy on Saturday. It's a little bit down energy on Sunday. We try to hit a three o'clock on Sunday where we bring the energy. That's the lowest energy because that's when people are coming from church. They brought their families. We don't want it screaming at them generally. Sure. I booked a acoustic stand-up bass, acoustic guitar, two acoustic guitars. I'm backstage. And I'm thinking, okay, this is, we call that the corner. Three o'clock corner, this is going to be nice. Everything, we're going to chill. And I heard this horrendous noise. I walked out, double kick, two marshals. It was my band. No, it was not. It was, wasn't you. Two SVTs, and I took them off the stage. So if you book, if you submit, if you send us your sample, do not show up as a different band because... You've got the luxury of being on the biggest stage in the city of Roanoke with full production in monitor world, in a guitar world, in front of house, and 175,000 watts of power. To simplify, uh, as Larry of Stage Sound says, if it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. Exactly. No, absolutely. There you go. So. No, yeah. And with that being said, don't submit multiple times either. Yeah. What's Don't submit two or three times in a row. It just makes your job more difficult. Yeah, right. We have to go through and weed out. Weed out. Yeah. Oh, here's there. a. Yeah. That that you're spending more time doing that than fil- of, filtering through people that might need to be on the stage or, yeah. or deserving of being. Some on stage. of the quickest booking work that I've done have been profiles that come in one time. They're succinct. They're put together. I get a good idea of who this person is. Get your ass in there. Get you know. Get on yeah, the stage. Rock and roll. And then other uh, applications, you have to decipher, have to translate a little bit, try to figure out what the hell is in the bio section here. But um, no, I encourage everybody to apply. You know, that's that's one thing. Even if you don't get on a stage one year, there is a potential you could get on it next year. Do you get a lot of pushback from uh, groups because it's a non-paid ex- uh, event for for? 
pants? There are well, yeah. I've had some some folks kind uh, skips over here smiling. He's waiting. He gets in the microphone. Yeah, he's like yeah, he's already stated that no one gets paid. But. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm aware. I'm asking a loaded question. <laughs> well, you know, it, it it depends. You know, like some some groups uh, they ask for that up front, and you know we let them know that this is an opportunity, sort of exposure only uh, gig. Other bands will be halfway through negotiations, and it'll come up, and that's I think that's on me. But I hate to. I hate to open it with you know we're not going to pay you sure you know, yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. know no, but no. it's I it, get it. you know I there are lots of bands that don't mind yeah, um, let, let me let me jump I in don't here. here we go we don't pay but we really are paying oh I I'm aware of what the 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 word pay means for me in as yeah. in a group and having exposure well not even exposure I'm paying front of house guy oh, I, I'm paying monitor too. world guy. I've got $15,000 worth of gear hanging there for yeah. you. You've been advertised on television. You've been advertised on our website. You've been advertised on iHeartMedia. And Media. all that stuff costs money. It all costs money. So if I'm not paying you, I'm paying you in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we have people that complain about it. Sure. I was picketed, and I, I shared this with the guys. I don't think they even knew it, but we were picketed by the Roanoke Musicians Union. For years. There's a union? Yeah, <laughs> there is a union because we were not paying scale. And so we had a little brouhaha and a dust up and figured out where the boundary were, the boundary that they could set their pickets up on. Nobody paid attention to them. So the next year, I booked everybody in the union. And I said, I'll pay you. And nobody came. None of them performed. What? Really? None of them performed. It was more important for them to... Have their voice. Have their voice and get the TV coverage or whatever. But we do. There are people... I, I've had four calls. I, really, I need to be paid something this year. And mm -hmm. so, it, you know, we're talking just about the music, but you have to also keep in mind, it's a five-ring circus out there. Yeah. We've got all of the other stuff that is outgo from a cash flow standpoint. Yeah. And our only revenue source is ticket sales. Because the daytime activities are all free. So the only revenue source we have is ticket sales. Well, please don't be offended by that question. I want you to, I, I, I preface that and I ask that because I think I think it's important for for uh, beginning groups uh, to just to take one for the team and just know what yep. what and that's why I use the word exposure like exposure is valuable I it, extremely yeah. I mean House of Schmidt was not House of Schmidt until after that festival in the park where we came on stage and we played Carry On My Wayward Son and everybody went oh shit this good. is a good group well you know what'd they say they said oh shit they did they said so what did me backstage same thing no I know I, I, I came out to watch you yeah, it it and it, people noticed that well, it was. We spend we spend time talking to. We'd like to make guests uncomfortable, but by, by saying you know what what are you worth when you play? Because we have a thriving community. A lot of people make mm -hmm. decent money here. It's definitely yeah. supplemental money. We talk about it all the time, mm -hmm. and then we you know there's this huge running theme out there. You can find it on any Facebook meme now where somebody's making fun of playing for exposure, right? I think that's all well and good. There are times where it is worth it. And when you talk about the advertising that goes into this particular mm -hmm. festival and how long this particular festival has been here, sometimes you're going to have to do that. 
Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're just taking a couple hours of your day to go play in front of a lot of people that wouldn't have seen you otherwise. That's when exposure is worth it. Right. And well, I think it's, it's important to draw that line and know that there are times. For the, sure. the best example of exposure was after the Virginia Tech shooting. <clears throat> Mm. You guys may or may not be old enough to remember that. No, I remember it. Yeah, April, April 16th, Dave Matthews, uh, Nas, and... John Mayer. John Mayer. They did that for free, for exposure. Mm-hmm. What did that do for all three of those groups? I worked that show. It elevated them up just immensely. Well, and- also the fact of just bringing a community together. And right. that is the purpose of this whole podcast podcast is to bring a bigger community of, mm-hmm. of us musicians together and to 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 work out our, our kinks but also to to help people shine where they're shining sure. too so mm-hmm. uh i yeah i and i think it's also really neat um uh, back to the word exposure for for bands to to learn how to play to a time set <laughs> and to to move get set up and move on that is something that that is not taught and then like i had to learn just by playing at festival in the park like uh well we just lost five minutes because you didn't have your guitar set up you know that's um you know when we it, it, I, i'm glad you brought that up because it's not just about exposure it's about learning how to work a stage and how to you know and just like you you know i cut my teeth with a lot of that um in the multiple years that our band played and how to engage a crowd and how to talk to folks. And, you know, when you get really good at it, your performance starts with maybe there isn't a lot of people up against the stage or in the pit or even really paying attention. But if you know what you're doing, that certainly changes throughout the course of the performance. And, you know, we actually had this one um, uh, group of kids that uh, played. It was a kid uh, rock band called Blueprint that was coming in. um for a couple of a couple of years there, and they watching their performance get better each time they came back to the stage, and that even from that young age they were sort of picking up on, you know, what a line check was, uh, how you move on stage, how you move off stage, how you look. There's at the a crowd. lot more room on that main stage than you think there is. Yeah. Oh yeah, how we even do a proper sound check and. The beginning. Most people don't even know how to properly sound check. You're yeah. 100% correct. You can, have a, you can have very good bands who've played a few clubs here and there, and they get the opportunity to get on the festival stage, and all of a sudden things are being done faster than they can recognize. I think it's a good way of putting it. So when you, like a line check specifically, or just how much time you have on stage, and then just the atmosphere. What is it like to play with this band that, that you're very familiar with right how what's it like to play 17 feet away from your singer that's weird that's more huge stage. And yeah i've been so, on both sides of it i mean as a front of house engineer and as a touring guitarist for several years yeah it's different doing it properly and having room to run around than versus being all tucked up on a 12-foot stage yeah, yeah. and it, we have seven and a half minutes to put a band on and get a band off <laughs> and do a line check yeah, yeah. So there isn't a lot of time to blow five minutes while your guitar player can't remember that he left his cable at home. Yeah. Or that yeah. we didn't install the chain that the band asked for. The chain, yes. Or I run a keyboard up on stage mid-set and set it up for the keyboardist who left it at home. Oh, man, these are mm. fun stories. In the middle <laughs> of the set. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the set, I'm carrying it up and setting it up on stage. You would not believe no. the stuff that bands leave. Oh, I, I or ask it. for <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. I believe it, 100%. Oh. Uh, I'm going to skip that question and come back to it. Um, uh, Cody, talk talk a little bit more about uh, the collaboration and community piece uh, for you. Um, it, 
do you feel like local businesses are very willing to support or are yeah. they uh, as much as they can they're yeah. willing to and in their own ways um for example i run sound for the spot on kurt and we help each other out all we can they're financially trying to figure out how they can sponsor one of our stages next year as well as they're already trying to figure out what can we do this year to help out. They've already said they're not going to be doing a show during our weekend, so they can send people to us as well. That is that and is fantastic. On the other hand, we help them out too, so as far as exposure. So it's yeah. how can we help each other out? Um, I try with all businesses, as a small business owner myself, I try to help out everybody <laughs> I can. So reaching out, and yeah, COVID made it hard for some people, but that's also how you can donate and help us out in ways that's non-monetary. Yes, we need or, the money. Or monetary. Or money. We need the money, <laughs> I'm the money but guy. on the other hand, there's always ways to help out. Well, I, I, we had uh, Tyler Gotze from Five Points Music Sanctuary on a, 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 about a month or so ago, and, and he, he I asked the same question, and his response was like, this valley is awesome, yep. and... I think that's really cool to hear three three other guys that are not getting paid for what they're doing to say the same thing. You all rally together. If you see a cause, you're going to make it happen. And that's all small businesses around here. Majority, let me rephrase that. Majority will do that to yeah. make sure it happens. Now, I will say, spin that over here. <laughs> we had, when COVID hit, the majority of the corporate funding stopped. Of course. It did not come back. Oh, man. When it came back, it came back in fits and starts, and it has come back with a lot of questions. For instance, I talked to two or three of the banks that I usually work with, and they said, now we can't underwrite you this year because we're fearful of a fall or a, a late spring COVID wave, and we don't want to be associated with that. This year? This year. Mm. So it isn't, we're not there we're yeah. not back to the point where the valley is ready to open arms support. Yeah. Number one. Number two, everybody's event is doubled or tripled in cost. Yep. When you think about that, we used to be able to deliver festival for sixty five thousand bucks. We're four times that just to break even now. Sure. So the need for financial support is significantly greater. And now, we don't always break even either. Oh, no, we has don't. to be well known. Us as a board sometimes, or we have to make up the cost of whatever it needs to be. Yeah. And there have been some pretty horrendously huge losses that we've ended up having. How does one with. make up a cost like that? You write a check. I don't. Uh, you, yeah. you physically don't. Thank you. I had, but I, had I smile a, a lot. Yeah. And with that to be said, I approached 27 corporate sponsors as well. So it's not just small. It's spot, uh, corporate. I approached 27 that I'm in with. I help out. One of them, I help cut their commercial. And they was not able to help out this year because they're still trying to recoup from COVID as well. Yeah. Some so, businesses physically can't. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. corporate as well. It's not sure. just local. Sure. So the, the goal is... Ticket price equal to a movie, and that means the scale of talent buys for the evening shows has to reflect that. And I did the advance with Stage Sound today, ironically, to, to go over the production that we need for the three headliners, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we cut a corner here, paired some here. You know, We want to deliver a professional-level show, and we want it to be, from an audience perspective, what they're used to. Yeah. But we have to literally, part of my job is 
the dollars and the pennies and the nickels and the quarters. Now, you asked about collaboration within the community. I want to say we are part of the Roanoke, Roanoke Festival in the Park is part of the Roanoke Commission for the Arts group. There are 35 arts associations that have all banded together, and we have a pledge to support each other, and Tripp is in that group with us, so I know him quite well. I do work with, and every year I bring the Roanoke Ballet. Yeah. Total cost to bring the ballet onto our stage is right at 20000 bucks. Mm. Marley floor, they can't dance on the concrete. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Be we have to strip. We do them Saturday morning, so we have to, normally we would leave the stage set Friday night. We have to strip it completely. So you can put the floor down. Put them on. We got a sound check that'll go before they even get there. Strip all of that stuff, spike and strike put the floor down, let them dance, and then take them off. We bring in the Roanoke Children's Theater. We bring in the Artemis Journal, which is also part of this. They're a literary journal that support uh, battered women's shelters with art and reading and poetry. And we bring in the Arts Commission. I bring in PBS. And these are all community collaborations. We provide them space stage time at no cost yeah and mm. they reciprocate by providing us with content that's really awesome so it's really cool and it's really cool to hear that it's all real local too um so hey, go go roanoke go roanoke, go roanoke. <laughs> uh so with that question uh how how can the community better support you guys Ooh, oh what a buy a ticket and come to a show yes because our revenue source is ticket sales yep. And beer sales. That's it. You don't have to pay to come in the afternoon. It's all free. All the kids' stuff is free. The music stages are free. The main stage, the side stages, they're all running all afternoon at no cost. The car show, we've got two. Yep, we got two Saturday and Sunday, and they're full car shows. Yeah. If you know Kevin Jenkins, who puts on Hope Driven Events... He puts on a massive car show, and each event he gives to a kid in need, whether they have cancer or some kind of illness, um, he always gives back to them as well. So he's got vendors, he's got cars, he's got competitions, everything lined up, and his will be on Saturday. Oh, very cool. So it's we give back. All this stuff is going throughout the day at no cost. Well, like 50, 50 cars? Um, he's going to cram, I think, 120 in this year. Oh, wow. It's big. It's going to be big. And he has them sectioned out by competitions as well. So he's got his Jeeps, his trucks, his classics, his imports. That's super cool. But, yeah, all this stuff is free going on throughout the day. The headliner is the only thing you pay for. Yeah. So also, yeah, headliner and beer. So tell your neighbors, tell your friends, bring some friends. Come enjoy it. Yeah. One thing thing I would would say just from my angle as far as how the community can uh, support the festival, I think, you know, just... What are your ideas for festival? You know, we have social media. Um, if there's a way that anybody thinks that maybe there's you know, there's a good idea that maybe we could implement or something like that. I love getting feedbacks, uh, feedback, especially from my bands. That's a big thing for me, just hearing how was your experience, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, or, you know, or any other comments that you have. And, you know, the community actually helps generate some really cool ideas that we can't implement everything, obviously, but there have been a few really well, the, cool things. This is have, a really big deal, and it's yep. been a big deal in this town for, for a very long time, and so uh, we should celebrate that. Yeah, yeah. I, basically it's, it's circular. If they come and enjoy themselves, you guys can do this better. 
next year. Not yeah. better. I, I should take that. Well, back. we Just would like to think better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 better. yeah, yeah. <laughs> better That's what right. I'm for. But you know, given the circumstances and everybody's trying to recover from COVID, you know, you guys are are doing a stand up job and trying to keep the prices the same. And I get that brings me to this question. I was gonna I was gonna add. Uh, have you had a platform like this or ever had the chance to actually? say what you're saying right now like the community just might over like talking about bands who think they're getting shafted by not getting on stage there's really a story there yeah. a lot of people might not know that it's a non-profit a lot of people might not know just how much work you do have you ever had that particular platform to let, say let these me, words in my 40 plus years i have fought one battle consistently roanoke festival in the park is put on by the city of roanoke wrong Ooh. it is not a city of Roanoke event. We use city property. We rent the property which you from have to pay for. the city, which we have to pay for. We pay for security. We pay for uh, traffic management. We pay for everything. Mm. The city provides us with a very small amount of working capital that basically helps us cover some of those costs. Sure, But we are not the city of Roanoke. That's the number one issue. The bands that uh, may think they should be paid, fine. You know, we, we don't do that. If you get really good and you come back at night, we'll pay you. Yeah. <laughs> and we have had bands that played during the day and some three, four, five years later came back as a headliner and we paid them. So you earned your way through. The, the challenge is we're not the city of Roanoke. We are also not festival in the park in Danville, even though I get their bills. <laughs> well, and, and to, you know, to kind of address, I think, you know, like to talk about it in this way. No, I, 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 I personally, my time on the board, I don't know that we've ever been the only time anybody besides the board gets to see the realities of putting on the event are when they come and help us or come backstage and see what we do operationally during the festival itself. But you're right. You know, there are a lot of aspects about this that people don't get to hear about. Um, typically if we talk like on a radio broadcast or TV, it's, it's usually like trying to advertise the event to the community, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not necessarily what it takes to put it on. Absolutely. So, no, this, uh, in my experience, is probably the first time that we've actually... Yeah, this, yeah, might, this, is, this is great. This, this is, is our 60 Minutes this, interview. This, is, this might be... A <laughs> We're at 55. Is he Dan Rather? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the transparency is great, Damn though, rather. so people can see everything going on. I mean, yeah. if they don't know what's going on, they might under, not understand, you know, hey, why can't we afford to pay bands? Yeah. Well, yeah. if they no. see all the costs behind the scenes, they might realize. It's crucial. And, and uh, it's I, all aspects. I mean, I've played a festival in the park at least five times and maybe ten. Five more times uh, that Saturday, too. <laughs> I'm playing a lot on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, just for anybody, because we, we try to foster a lot of musicians, young ones, and, and tell the stories of some older older folks that have been here. Like, I don't play for free very often. I don't, nor do I like to. No. Right? I have a family. Mm -hmm. And I support that by driving and playing. And I uh, left the, you know the the road to come here and do so and i'm glad i live in this spot there are times where it's worth playing for free yeah i'm gonna do so at least twice that day maybe three times seven <laughs> <laughs> i don't i haven't gotten those emails yet no and I'm, but I'm, this is super Jeremy, important. i'm really glad you said that because i i hope other musicians that listen to this podcast local ones and i know that you're out there and you're and you you hear this and you're like well i'm I don't sign up because I I know that you should because you're supporting Roanoke. You're supporting Roanoke. It's it's a little bit bigger than you at that point. Yeah, and it's worthwhile. But um, I'm really happy that you guys have come to 
share this much of it some of the grit some of the the shit that happens in the shadows so again thanks well, the, the 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 stories we have so many legendary stories <laughs> oh, I endless the, stories uh dickie betts brought his dog where's the camera dog was about this big oh wow so we had to babysit the dog backstage <laughs> dickie betts wife came to be sure Dickie was taking care of the dog. So that was cool. We have had... Priorities. In my tenure of 40 plus years, four bands that their booking agents and or travel people were so screwed up, they flew them to the wrong city. Yep. We had to go get them. But we have fun too. Tell them about Jason Aldean's manager, for example. Oh, Jason Aldean's manager. Last day of the tour, he was moving on to another tour. They had a new manager coming in. So I'm driving Jason back and forth. We had gone to the fret mill. Picked up some strings. You know, they, they love to be human and do normal stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And frequently there's, ca there's cattle called into a hotel with a lobby call at 6.30 to come. So I'm driving him around, and I said, what can we do? You know, anything special going on with the band? He said, oh, yeah, Jimmy, our, our manager, this is last night. I said, how bad do you want me to goof on him? And he said, oh, are you willing? And I said, not only am I willing, <laughs> we will make this thing epic. So... The ABC rules are once you get out of behind the stage onto that sidewalk on Elm Avenue, that's the ABC perimeter. Okay. No alcohol past that. Of course, his tour bus was parked right there, right on the other side. <laughs> now, this was back in the day. This was one of the last shows where we had the wooden stage. And if you remember, there was a hedgerow with a little cutout where you could walk down the street. Oh, step. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So we parked his bus right there on purpose. And so... Finished up getting ready to go, and I said to to Jimmy, the, the tour manager, I said, there's a bottle of Jack Daniels over the sink on the bus. Go get it. He said, oh, no, wait a minute. You told us we can't do that. And I said, it's going to be all right. Just here. Give him a paper bag. Sent him out to get it. He walks out. I had a state trooper and an ABC cop <laughs> that were all in on this thing. And as soon as he went through and down... They got on either side, and he came back through, and they grabbed him and spun him around. So he was looking <laughs> at Williamson Road, and they were screaming at him, bloody murder. We're all on the back of the stage just watching the show. <laughs> and it's going on, and they kept looking at me, and I go, no, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. Wind so him up. For four minutes, we just drilled this poor guy. And so finally, the, the state trooper looked at me and said, oh, come on. We, we got to ease up. So I said, okay. We all applauded. <laughs> the whole band applauded. We got a picture of it. And, uh, you know, so stuff like that has been great. We had, So now he's traumatized. Yeah, yeah he, he'll never be the same. Yeah. Little Big Town, when they were here, big, big super country group, the the blonde with the frizzy hair yeah. said, you know, God, I'd really love, and she turned around in the middle of the show and she said, I'd really love a funnel cake to me. I'm, I'm right back there. And so right in the middle of the show, she says that. So I got on the radio and said, somebody go get me a funnel cake. I would have called, you know, one of these guys probably. So out with the funnel cake, they, they come running back and they hand me a funnel cake. And I just walked right out on stage and <laughs> handed it to her and they ate it right there. Uh, we had a country guy that decided to climb the light tower. Oh. Scared yeah. the living crap out of all of us. Uh, and he's hanging off like King Kong singing. Audiences berserk at this point. That's the kind of thing that makes people that handle insurance piss themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Insurance broker, yeah. yeah. 
So it, I mean, but the 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 airplane landed with no gear. We've had that numerous times. You know, they they arrive at nine thirty for a five o'clock show with nothing. And you didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know. It was routed to Paducah, Kentucky, or something. Uh. So there's no way it was going to get here. So I'm sitting there with a backline list, calling people. Who's got a Fender Twin? Who's got an SVT? Who's got a such and such a Yamaha Motif keyboard? I need a double kick pedal mm. Yamaha or DW kit, and I need it all delivered to the stage right now. And no, we're not going to pay you, but. We get the band to sign your drum heads for you, you mm. know, and stuff like that. There's every year. There's one thing. I've got a good one. Okay, I got a good one. You re- you'll remember this one. We had a band. I don't know if I'm gonna name the band because this is kind of embarrassing, but uh, it was a bigger act, and I was responsible of transporting this group from their hotel to the airport at <laughs> 4 a.m. And yeah, and I, I rolled up. Uh, I was supposed to have backup, but she didn't wake up, so it was just me with the. Uh, we rent vans to help transport uh, bands every. Another year. expense. Sure. Yes, yep. and we. Uh, I pulled up, and there were uh, there's like two fire trucks and an ambulance outside the hotel, and I knew like because my goal was to get there, get these guys, take them to the airport, go home, and go back to bed. And I knew when I saw the first responders there, like, oh, God, one of them died. I'm not leaving here anytime soon. That's a terrible way to think about that. But um, it turns out that one of the band members from this band decided to take a piece of toast that had butter on it and stick it in a toaster. And the toaster caught fire. And, oh. Yeah. And so there was that whole, you know. They well, but, of course, we capitalized on it slightly differently. Slightly differently. With one of our board members, who, a lovely young lady who was running him back and forth, and we just attributed all of this to her. Oh. It was all her doing. All they her they doing. were all They were all in, in love. And so, yeah. Smitten. Yeah. 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 We so. have uh, some more fun, cool stuff. I have had two National Act musicians arrested off stage. Uh-oh. Right off the stage, sheriff shows up with a long-arm statute warrant. Mm usually for uh, child support payments. And my job is to stand down. You are not walking on that stage because I will sue your pants off because I'll be in breach of contract. You can have him when the gig is over. I've also bailed three people out of jail, people that were playing at Festival Nationals. That's yet another expense. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys, the community doesn't think about how many people we have to get out of jail. Hey. It's it, it is it's great. I wouldn't trade it for anything. My wife keeps asking, "When are you going to stop?" And and my answer is usually, uh, you know, when I can't do it anymore. Well, what? and these stories, we're actually putting these on our Facebook page every yeah. week or two weeks. We're putting these behind the scenes stories on there just so people can see and hear the funny stuff. Going Good for on you here. guys, and I need to follow that. I yeah, mean, definitely. I, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, you haven't followed us yet. What is our Facebook? Yeah, How do you get onto Facebook? Uh, if you go on Facebook and type in Roanoke Festival in the Park. You will find us. Yes. And the website is RoanokeFestival.com. So, RoanokeFestival.com. What do we have to look forward to this year? It's kind of my last question before I hit you with the Buddy Gauntlet. Me? Um, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, our, uh, you know, a little band called Midnight Envy, but outside of that, um, lots of great local acts, and then you've booked a ton of really... Nationals. We've got uh, <laughs> a band that I found five years ago, and they came to me by way of... A horn player 
it's instrumental, bad, very bad, good pun. He said, "This is the, I've never heard anything quite like this. And the band is called Leonid and Friends. Mm-hmm. They, Leonid Royobiv was like the George Martin in Moscow. Oh, cool. He ran a big publishing company. He knew everybody all over Asia and all over Europe, all of the musicians, the best of the best of the best. On his 61st birthday, you have to retire. So he decided he'd bring all of his friends in, and they would record a Chicago song. The evening progressed. Everybody got there. Obviously, lots of vodka. And at around 11 o'clock, they realized somebody go to the Internet and print out a chart so we know what the hell we're going to play tomorrow. No chart. Chicago never wrote a chart for anything. When I worked with Kansas, I sat down with the guys and I said, I've got this record, this record, and that record. Which one are you going to play? And they said, none of the above. We've never played the same song the same way twice. Mm -hmm. So Chicago, Kansas, uniquely different jam bands. So Leonid hand-wrote the chart for the song they were going to record. Stayed up all night, and you can see them on the video. They're all reading. They're that skilled. Mm -hmm. They then didn't want to stop, and needless to say, the le- I had them here during that strange September weird festival. I brought them in there, and I had to drive the band from Moscow to Kiev just to get them out because they wouldn't give them a visa. Oh. They are now on a 45-city world tour before they hit us, and we don't know if they can go home mm. because they're cavorting with the enemy now. So... The band Chicago heard them, endorsed them immediately, and all of the living Chicago band members have now asked if they can sit in with them. Oh, that's super cool. On tour. On tour. On tour. And some of the most incredible musicians. You guys are drummers. Yeah. If you have not watched the drummer in this band, the guy's a machine. And he's reading. Mm. And he's playing Chicago and Earth, Wind, and Fire, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, flawlessly based on the record, which means when I heard Kansas, I was disappointed. First time I heard Chicago, I was disappointed because that's not how the record went. Yeah. You know, you have that thing. He's not. He's supposed to play this here. Well, they're playing perfect to the record, and the bands, Chicago and Blood, Sweat, and Tears and Earth, Wind, and Fire, these guys have just fallen in love with them. Uh, there is a stunningly beautiful woman with the group, and I was unfortunately forced to spend the entire afternoon with her because oh, I'm so sorry. Elmwood only has Times two dressing rooms. And my office is one of the dressing rooms. So I said, <laughs> please, you're welcome to stay with me. And so I spent time talking with her. She won the Eurovision Song Contest. Okay. She's gorgeous. She's like flat, drop dead. You're saying she's pretty. Scared me to death how attractive this woman was. Is your wife going to listen to this? She's heard it, yes. Stirred up so chakras. She's, she's like 28. Okay. She has a PhD in economics. Let's let that sink in. A PhD in economics. I'm sold already. Like, she speaks, has to sink in. She speaks nine languages. She is a megastar in Asia. Mm. Has her own clothing line, her own makeup line, yada, yada, the whole nine yards. And uh, so she is kind of one of the centerpieces of the band. And 
She's got an earth, wind, and fire cover that is just to knock your socks off. It's so good. And if you guys want to come see it, we know the guys that put the festival on. We could probably talk to them and get you. <laughs> oh, cool. So Very we can, cool. We can get you. Perks. Okay. Perks. Anyway. Perks. High five. So, sat- <laughs> Saturday night, I have the what I consider to be the, first time. the best Led Zeppelin band out there. There are five major Led Zeppelin bands touring the United States. Ours is the best. Yes. These guys... I worked with them, so I'm, I'm biased. Yeah. Lay my cards on the table. I recorded their first record. We had just finished being sued, 1964, the tribute, the Beatles tribute band, which is our Sunday night closer. I was going to ask if they were Always coming. Always have. Anyway, we were sued because they Sony sued us for being too close and trading on the good name of the Beatles. The Sony owned the intellectual property for the Beatles by virtue of buying the ATV catalog, and then buying out Michael Jackson's catalog. Mm-hmm. So they own 94% of the, the stuff. We had, and I, again, caveat emptor, lay it all on the table. <laughs> I manage money for them. I work with them. I handle financial things for them. So I've known these guys for 25 years. We had clothes from Paul McCartney. We had a Nehru jacket from Shea Stadium. I saw the Beatles at Shea Stadium when we were signed to Columbia. So this is close you to my heart. You still got the little ticket. I got the ticket in the studio. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And Pyramid made their strings. So the Pyramid formula, because they had their own formula, we got that. Drumsticks, the same drumsticks that Ringo played, we got that. So when the litigation happened in Nashville, the, the judge was smart enough. He said, I'm going to make you change your name from 1964 as the Beatles to 1964, the Tribute. And you can't play any music after recorded by the Beatles after 1964. Which, of course, for any of us that were Beatles fans, we knew that's the good stuff. We got the good stuff. Mm. Sony won but lost because we got to play all the good stuff. And so anyway, after that litigation, I get a call from the Zeppelin guys. Can you help us legally do a better job of what we're doing based on any of the shenanigans you did down there. And so I said, yeah, we probably can. They drove in, parked the bus, hopped out, two and a half hours later, loaded the bus, drove off. That's how together the band was. And we did a seven-song record. That record then was sent to... They were playing House of Blues, looping around House of Blues. And we simply wrote to all the radio stations that were the front-runner stations for the towns that they were playing in, said, you need to go get your ticket. These guys have gotten a cease and desist order from Led Zeppelin's management, which is all I wanted, and we got it. Mm-hmm. And they doubled their shows. They doubled their attendance with one little marketing thing. I had them many years ago. They were here, and we used to have a beer garden right at the bottom of Bullet. If you remember that, you come down Bullet where by the Social Security and the library... We put a beer garden there, but you couldn't see the stage. Mm. And unfortunately, when you've done it as long as I have, everybody knows you. So I'm walking up or down, and this guy screams at me. He says, what the hell are you doing? You, Why are you playing a CD? We didn't come here to listen to a damn CD. You shouldn't be playing a CD. So I got him, and I walked him out where he could see it was the band. Mm. And this was a decade ago, and they have not stopped. They're better. I actually, I don't know if you guys can embed video into your podcast 
Uh, I can add it at the end and stuff like that. I can. So. I will be glad to send you some promo stuff. Oh, that'd be oh, great. Do that. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we can do that. And so, then 1964 on Sunday. Uh, the one year I didn't have them in the last 26, I had hate mail. <laughs> oh, I, I people are intense people are intense yeah. about that group they oh, really are. and that's probably a big winner for you guys every every year it has in many years at first when i watched those families we didn't sell any beer huh. and i'm thinking oh, this, is, this is great this is one of the best shows but we're not selling any beer and i so the next year i sat there we do what's called photometric studies where i'm taking pictures of the audience so i can do head counts and I realized nobody drank any beer because they were watching the show. And it wasn't until the next generation came that wasn't mesmerized by the mystique of the Beatles that they started drinking beer. And then now we have another whole generation. So we got two generations drinking beer out of that. So right. it's turned out on a good sunny day, it's turned out to be one of our best days. And even nice. when it's raining, people still will Oh, yeah. Well, here's, I was one of them. Here's the hoping that it's nice and pretty out there that, that That's whole right. weekend. So. We'll take it. That's it right. is rain or shine. And now. Lightning, five miles away, we have to shut down. The I know. I've been there. We shut me down. <laughs> well, shut we, me down. We had some pretty intense weather three or four years ago, and, it, and we had to unfortunately end the show because uh, of weather. And the people, there were people there standing in the rain and like the monsoon winds, and they were mad at us for having the audacity to yeah. not play yeah. in a typhoon or not have the band play in a yeah. typhoon. Folks people, don't understand. But, yeah. but but the point of the matter is like people, you know, the community loves that group. That is a staple of, of festival. I think honestly, the, the tribute, the Beatle tribute band and, and festival are kind of synonymous. Joined at the hip, yeah. yeah. We had one interesting weather related thing. I had Kimberly Locke one year, American Idol, mm -hmm. and we had the same show. I had two young people, and both of them drew huge crowds, pouring down rain when Kimberly Locke was there. And she was going to work with a wireless set of ears and a track. And I said, well, back in the wooden stage days, I can keep you behind the drip edge, the little half terrible little... Why they covered half the stage, I don't ever understand yeah, that. That's a weird one. But uh, I said, you can stay back there. And she said, no, these people are here to see me. Pouring down rain, she walked out and worked the crowd. It's a professional. True professional. Yeah, true. yeah, that's how it's done. She came back and she said, underwear wet. So, <laughs> so. All right. Oh, we had, I got to tell you one other cool thing. Fun thing. This is. I didn't even put this in the in the notes. Oh, we need to put this on the Facebook thing. Uh, we had a Tina Turner show, and it was this was years and years ago, and it was the lady that was doing Tina Turner, four of her singers, and a really incredible band. I mean, really incredible. And I'm going through my tech stuff, and I'm backstage, and we had a four costume changes, and one of them had an asterisk. And there was a whole separate paragraph. The outfit she is wearing is basically a string bikini, and we need to put an ears receiver. <laughs> Nowhere to hook it. And we had two minutes. So I had a whole little covered-off area. Mm -hmm. And so she comes back there, and she flips off, rips her clothes off, pulls on this little thing. And I mean to tell you, tiniest little thing I have ever seen. And I'm holding the receiver she's got the ears on 
and there's no broth to clip to. There's not enough of a bra to clip anything to. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell am I going to do with this? What do you want to do with this? And I look, I just looked at her. I said, you got any ideas? And she said, no, this is the first time for this outfit. This is, I'm going to have to talk to costuming because this one's terrible. And so I, I walked out and we always have plastic gloves. So I stuck the receiver in a plastic glove, shoved it in her butt crack. And she said, yeah, brilliant. And she went out and she said, she said, brilliant. She said, brilliant. Brilliant. Let's get this done. Oh my lord! Yeah, you, you, you never know what's going to happen, be- and it happens on the fly. Oh, I can imagine, or on the crack. Well, yeah, it's, it's at speed of butt crack. Like so. So we're at the point of the the podcast where we're going to ask you a few questions that I did not prompt you on. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome to the Buddy Gauntlet. Yeah. I, was, I was getting hyped up there. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Hit him with the buddy gauntlet. Little fun fact, this uh, gauntlet first showed up on my episode. It so did. I expect royalties. Anyways, continue. Please. Really? Was you, Yours was the first one? It was me, yeah. yeah. We hang out a lot these days. We do, we do. <laughs> uh, I guess you get you, you each get to answer this question. And they're meant to be, uh, I guess, you know, mildly provocative. Maybe. Favorite local band you guys have at the festival? Skip. <laughs> Favorite local band? Yeah, only one. Well, you're only one. Don't don't start. Start, start with Cody. Cody, <laughs> well, let's start with you. I got to think about this. One. Yeah. Oh come on. I'm running around between. This is a good gauntlet, Travis. It's working. It's working. Well, I say everybody's terrified. My favorite local band that we have at the festival is mine. No, it's um. <laughs> I was gonna say yours. Yeah. No. Uh gosh. Um. Th- oh, I know. I know. Yeah, I know who <laughs> mine I got is. Mine too. Okay, mine is. <laughs> The band out of Blacksburg called the Pan Jammers. The Pan Jammers. They are what I call a fill act. Okay. At the end of the daytime activity, before while we're building the stage for the night, for the headliner, we've got like a, a 30 to 40 minute break. This is a steel drum band oh. with 40 or so members, mm. a drummer and a bass player. And we put them in front of the stage down on that flat part. And everybody loves them. We'll all come out and just watch them. That's cool. And they're they're local. Pan jammers. Pan go jammers. Skip. Okay, on to Cody now. So, not because he's on the board, but I have to say Johnny Lex and the Allies. Mm-hmm. Johnny is on the board with us, but his band, even if he wasn't, they're phenomenal. They are great. They're great. Um, nice. Definitely, you need to check them out. They're yeah. going to be ben, next couple years. They're going to be amazing. Ben, but, keyboard player. If you are a Yes fan, Ben is the kind of guy he can listen to a Yes record and then just play it. Just play it. What's just, his last name? Uh, Heights, I think. Ben, uh, I got it right here. Hang on. He's been in the music scene for. Years. It, yeah. is, is it Ben Height? It is. You know, yeah, yeah, I play with Ben. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you know him. He's ben Epperly. Just the fact Epperly. that he's not Ben Hyatt. Uh, ben, Epperly. Ben, ben Epperly. I was like, oh, I don't think that's right. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. I said, the guy I saw last night was not Ben Hyatt. AJ. Oh, me? Um, you know, that's part of the... I, that's It's it's hard, but I have a good reason for it being hard. Here we go. It's it's that... Well, it's like it, your third time. Well, it's, <laughs> it's the band... Yeah, I know, I had three shots at this. The bands, you know, we there, there isn't a like super level of consistency. Like, sometimes the bands will change from year to year, and then other years where they won't apply. Or, yeah. Um, there was... Uh, I want to say they were out of Blacksburg. Oh, God. 
what was it? it was for Ergo. What was the name? I don't know. I'm just gonna say the uh, Blueprint, the kid band that we oh, had. Oh, yeah, there you go. They were great. I I enjoyed having them. Sadly, we're not going to have them this year. They yeah, Blueprint is it, a a, tra- a band training program. Yeah, where they teach them how to be a band. Yeah. So it's it's very cool. The dad is a musician. That's okay. cool. Majority so. of the dads actually in that have been a musician. I used to work with the lead singer's father for a while, mm-hmm. um, Keith Chumbly, who was a musician for quite a while. But as all kids who came together, who was amazing at music and just started playing, but they was learning how to properly be in a band. That goes back to they learned how to properly do a sound check when they got on stage at festival. Oh yeah, terrified. Um, yeah, <laughs> but mine out, outside of that, they could shred a guitar. They knew exactly what they was doing, and they just progress, progressively gotten better. But the guy who helps coordinate all that together, he gets kids together and creates this little blu- blueprint and sends them around. It's a great name. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Great logo too. If you ever seen it. Yeah. So yeah. is that Kenny doing that? Yep. Yeah. He's been on the podcast. Much love, Kenny. It's coming through. Much love. Love. Also, um, you know, it's good to hear that story about watching them grow and play multiple times. And I mean, seeing it firsthand, you know, from from being scared shitless from their first sound check to actually having a clue. Oh, and they were terrified. It's going to resonate. Oh, I can't imagine. Because we're all sitting there. Hurry up. Play. Play. Now. Now play. No, don't stand there. Play. Play. They're waiting for you to play. But they killed it. By the third third year, they absolutely killed it. They know what they're doing. So... Uh, question number two: Your favorite group from outside the Roanoke area? Outside the Roanoke. Yeah, and you guys kind of answered like locally, like Blacksburg area, but like so. I consider that kind of the area. Okay, so one of the bands I work with on a regular basis, I run sound for them. I'll drive up to Richmond to run sound with them. Okay, uh, is Summers RVA? Um, they're a punk rock style, but they're really good. Um, I've got them right now going on a five state tour. Nice. So they're definitely an up and coming band. Excellent. And, and you know, whoever's listening to this gets to hear these names. It yeah. might be the first time. They're so we're not just trying bigger. to grill you guys and make you say something that you might yeah. regret. So it's I'm, to expose more people. I'm bigger into the punk metal scene myself. So okay. each month I bring in bands from outside Virginia. And if they are, they're like in Richmond area. And then I yeah. have one local band and I do that for exposure. Um, so, for example, this month we got a South Carolina, a North Carolina, a Florida band coming in, and then we got a Orlando band. Beautiful, love it. So. Beautiful. Again, exposure. Yeah. Yep. Word All of right. the day. Me. Yeah, you. Me. Oh, my yeah, non-local. My non-local favorite band is Little Texas. Hey. Little Texas country band. Yeah, no. God uh, bless Texas. God bless Texas. The reason they are Dell is the drummer, mm-hmm. and Dell and I go way back. And unfortunately, my age, I go way back a lot because I have a lot of way back to go back to. But uh, we, you know, we met years and years ago and I booked them three or four different times. They have they were the first band that I worked with that decided they did not need to be superheroes. They did not need to be a mega super band. They wanted to be weekend warrior band. That's the first time. This is 25 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, Dell, what do you mean, Weekend Warrior? He said, we want to meet Thursday night at midnight and hop on the bus. Mm-hmm. We have to get to the gig by 9. If it's a Friday gig, we meet Friday at midnight if it's a Saturday gig. If it takes longer to get there than the drive time, you need to back it up and you need to fly us. And they only play weekends. And they sell out shows everywhere they go. 
They've kept their price affordable. Spectacularly good show. Mm-hmm. They play every weekend. Spectacular. And decent human beings, genuine, nice human people. Lovely like people. to work with. There's no all, no egos. A lot of people are doing that these days. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were the trendsetter or just your experience with it, but there's a lot of... Uh, yeah. That's part of the business plan these days. It is. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's just go on Thursday. I'll see. Yeah. yeah. It saves it can the be money a- all the way around, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm getting into the tour management side myself, and a lot of bands I'm... A lot of bands <laughs> I'm in contracts <laughs> negotiating with right now, trying to figure out how to move forward or doing that. Hey, we yeah. only need you Friday, Saturday, maybe a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll use you for these three months. Um, it's a great way of doing it, too. Studio week, studio work during the week, teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. All, they all work in schools. They do something... Socially appropriate. They all live in Nashville. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah. yeah, just my favorite band. Cool. All right, AJ, your turn. Um, this is this is so hard. Why are you guys doing this to me? Uh, actually, you know what? I remember the band I was going to say before. It is Blacksburg. It's not technically Roanoke, so it counts. Cool. Uh, DGA Dreams Gone Active. It's a oh, great that. group. Yes, they were phenomenal, and I'm so sad that we didn't get get them back this year. I wanted them front and center on the main stage. There was a uh, a singer, a drummer, and three keyboardists, and that yep. was it. And, oh, I remember those guys. And that's oh, wow. They were phenomenal. And that's all they needed. I'm telling you, these guys are they are tight. And it was it was great to watch. It and was, it was amazing. Like they play bass on one keyboard and they be guitar on the other at the same time. Yeah. And the greatest crime I ever committed was telling them that it was time to stop playing. <laughs> but I had to because we were over time. But yeah. you know, I was just like, I don't want to. But yeah, no, with it, DGA Dreams Gone Active. Yeah, and this is perfect for why festival is festival. Yeah. Because that group couldn't have gotten in front of that many people otherwise with that much visibility, most likely. Yeah. We'd yeah. love to have them on the main stage. Yeah. That's great. I think so. I, I if you're listening, DGA, apply. Yeah. We love you. Festival's got love for you. Next year. That's great. All right. Last question, guys. And before I ask it, thanks a whole yeah, lot. Thanks really appreciate it. For yeah, coming and sharing more of what it's, what it's about for you guys. And I think it's um, educational for anybody listening, for sure. Your worst experience over the years dealing with the festival? Ah, my first worst experience. Let it out. This is, it's therapy. Cathartic. <laughs> we had a rain event that stopped from heavy rain to light rain, but we had a roof leak and all of the electronics in the stage we're getting rain we're getting dripped on that was that was recent recent that yeah. was like 2018 18 20, 18 maybe that was the friday that was the saturday house of schmidt was going to come back on and play at okay. four o'clock again and we got canceled because of because that because we had to cancel the entire day yeah and the sun was out that night oh, oh i remember that yeah that we was super a, mad yeah. that was a forty-five thousand dollar out of my pocket loss <laughs> say the kit got the house kit got oh, water all over the, it. the kit got wet. All of the vintage amps got wet because I backlined all of these vintage amps for not for 1964, but for the group the night before you guys were supposed to be there. And we couldn't cover everything up. We covered the frontline stuff up, but all the backline stuff was between the curtain and the wall. And the roof has a slight thing to it, and the roof drains hadn't been cleaned. And the rain was so heavy, it backed up the gutters 
and then backed up the roof and then leaked underneath and down on the 400 amp panels on the 200 amp panels yeah. and i'm sitting back there thinking uh this is this is uh, no insurance claim is going to ever be paid if somebody gets electrocuted because there were puddles of water yeah and it was coming down we shut off everything so that's my worst one. And I can attest to that being his worst one because I didn't hear from him for a very long time after the <laughs> festival ended. He went to uh, Odin Sleep. After no, no I actually go. I had to go to the hotel and pay the band that wasn't going to play, the yeah. National. And then he disappeared for a and few And then months. I disappeared, yes. <laughs> All right. So I'm pretty good with any kind of stress and just letting stuff roll off my back. But I have to say last year was probably mine. Um for those who don't know, I'm a front of house engineer, I'm an audio engineer, I do a lot of live sound stuff, and I'm a musician as well. So we had the bright idea of, let's save some money, I'll support all the sound equipment mm. for the louder rock, rock and roll stage last year. So I brought out one of my boards, and thankfully I'm OCD, so I brought a couple more boards as backup. So we had the speakers, subs, DIs, everything lined out. Somehow the board did not work. We had some gremlins. We had DIs go down. I went through three boards trying to get everything to work. And the fourth board was the one that we finally got going, and that's when I brought out my big Behringer X32, like full-size X32, which was overkill for the rock and roll stage. Good Lord. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of just running back and forth, just stress. Me and Skip, we always get along no matter what, and we was even clashing at that point. Mm -hmm. So that was one of those I had to step back and sort of get myself together. Skip had Cody in a headlock. And I, it's hard to get me stressed out, and I was stressed out over that. Well, we had, we had bands on the stage waiting to start. Yes. And we ran the day with four channels. On she, the full X32. This is a this is the lore stage, the loud, obnoxious rock and roll stage is the nickname we use. In the, lore. <laughs> the lore, the uh, loud, obnoxious rock and roll stage, and we had rock bands and all of the accoutrement that goes with that, and we had four channels at work. The most annoying part was after festival was over, I took all my equipment home, did my inventory, set it all up, ran it in various ways, no issues at all. None whatsoever with any gremlins. Of them. Yeah, Silly gremlins. gremlins. Well, it, what for me? It's uh, I hate digital boards. Oh. I mean, I I run a large Love commercial this. recording studio, and I hate digital boards. He's hating on your gear. And yeah. I try to do as much stuff analog as I can. Yeah. Even to the point of full blown analog consoles. Well, the first two boards was analog. Yeah. First two was analog. We had issues. Yeah, it just was a bad day. Yeah, it sounds like it. So that uh, that was my worst. Uh, yeah. I kind of feel bad. Yeah, this is a weird ending <laughs> question. Yeah. yeah, I was in a good mood, and then I heard all this, and now, you know, I don't, I can't really, I don't have bad, like even when. Are stuff, you saying that to save this particular show? No, 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 not at all. No, no, no. Work hard enough. No, no. I um, I. You gotta what, have a moment. It's not a moment. It's the prep all year round, juggling that with everything else. Um. Everything else in your life? Yeah, like, groups, because like, I'm involved in quite a few different things, yeah. and so um, I like things to be neat and organized, and when you're in multiple different things, very seldom is that the case, and that stresses me out. The, the weekend of festival, like, it's going to be what it's going to be, mm -hmm. and I just, that's the attitude I take, and, you know, it's usually great. I, lo I love doing it, but it's the it's the prep year-round year that kind of can be a little frustrating to navigate with everything else, because, you know, like, you know, we have, we have to meet as a board to plan logistics and mm. you know if you've been up since 
six or seven and you've been taking shit off of doctors and lawyers all day and then it's time to go sit in another meeting yeah. for two you know it, it can be a little taxing but the weekend of festival the dream i love it it, 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 it well it is because yeah. it, yeah, i believe it, you it happens in spite of itself yeah the you have to build into your day your work routine enough intelligent breaks so you literally don't go crazy yeah because yep. it's there's but what time somebody wants you constantly during festival that must be nice so while yeah. he That's was in the, the hospital in he was working on festival oh yeah up I, in the hospital i did all my all of this yeah I mean, this while I was yeah, yeah. That's the interesting part about this guy. You know, he can't stop, won't stop. Well, it's 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 probably a mutation or something. <laughs> um, but so normal people don't do this. <laughs> it's a uh, you know, I got this email, this harrowing email from uh, one of our board members. Like Skip, Skip is not doing great. Um, he's in the hospital. We're not, you know, I'm not entirely sure like how bad, but I know it's it's pretty bad. And then in the other hand, I'm getting texts from Skip like, so we got to do this for them. <laughs> he's laid up. Like I'm picturing Skip in a full body cast and everything, and I'm getting he's still working. <laughs> Can you guys tell the audience before we leave uh, the times and the dates one more time? Uh, May 26, 27, 26, 27, 28. Evening shows. Gates are at five. We're going to uh, say that for time being. We're going to say that for time being. Follow up on Facebook to see the official. Yeah. Uh, and that is, uh, we've got Gypsy Nicks, who is local. It's Doug Settles, one of Doug Settles' groups. Mm -hmm. And he and his wife have put together this Fleetwood Mac thing that is just to die for good. Really? I looked at it and I thought, wow, that is good. I need to put them on the stage. I and like I've Doug. worked with Doug for years. I like Doug. Doug, if you, if you don't know Doug, Doug is a school teacher. He's the school teacher every kid would want to have. I played a gig with his daughter. Actually, um, his her his daughter's piano teacher does a little rock recital, and mm -hmm. they put it on every year, and and it's it, it's awesome. It's really great. Good. So. And then all day Saturday, starting at noon, mm -hmm. uh, headliners are Johnny King and Friends. Just broke a blues record. Yep, and they are. On 14 charts worldwide now. Really? Nice. We, we got the word on that this morning. They hold the number one spot on the Virginia Blues chart. Beautiful. Yeah, I've seen which, that this morning. That's cool. Which surprised Basically me. what we're saying, guys, is come to the festival. Come yeah. support. It's, and then it's worth it. The Zeppelin Band, Saturday night, and then 1964 on there Sunday. There you go. Come hang out. Come and hang this out. This band will be opening for 1964. Yeah, we, we always open for 1964. Ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait. This has been Beats, Brews, and Buddies. Thank you again, Festival in the Park. We'll see you guys next time. We'll be here.